We are getting later and later in the month of May, and you know what that means, the NBA playoffs. More specifically, the thick of the NBA conference finals. Over in the West, the Warriors and Thunder are battling it out to see who can go to the NBA finals, while over in the East, LeBron and company hope to finish up the Toronto Raptors. Today on the Stingray Tuck Show, we will talk to our SEC correspondent, Stephen M. Smith, about all the latest in the SEC. So sit back, relax, and get ready as we talk to you about the NBA Conference Finals. You're listening to the Stingray and Tuck Show. Welcome in to the Stingray and Tuck Show. I am your co-host, Landon Tucker, alongside my other co-host, Stephen Ray. Stingray, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. How about you? Man, I'm doing wonderful. We are here to bring you what is in the news. Uh, so starting off, the Thunder go up two games to one over the Warriors in a pretty outstanding fashion on Sunday night. At one point, the Thunder led the Warriors by over 30 points. Stephen, were you able to catch the game? I, well, I caught a little bit of it. It was, it was pretty outstanding to see how the Thunder... Uh, number one could beat any team that bad, but number two could beat the Warriors that bad. Are they yes, in trouble? I believe so, yeah. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, in other news, Tom Brady appeals for the second time over his suspension uh, to try to get it overturned. Brady is suspended for the first four games of the season, uh, which do have three AFC East opponents along with the Arizona Cardinals in the first four games. Stephen, if Tom Brady is suspended for those four games, will it make much of a difference, you think? I think they'll lose one. One out of Maybe four. two. Yeah, one out, of, one out of four is not bad. Um, they'd still be in pretty good shape. Yeah. Um, in other news, in the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Stephen, I'm not sure if you know who that team is or not, but the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Of course. Of course. I'm Stingray, the runner. <laughs> of course I know who they are. Mississippi State won the outright SEC championship after sweeping Arkansas in three games, got a little bit of help from their friends, as the Beatles song says, uh, with the Ole Miss Rebels defeating Texas A&M. How, uh, how do you feel about it? Pretty good, man. Ever since uh, for, for the first championship since 1989. It's pretty big. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Mississippi State will know, uh, you know how, how their seeding and everything nationally will go once the SEC tournament in Hoover concludes. Uh, it'll be a very interesting tournament, um, and that is, that is for sure. Mississippi State obviously has, has been a powerhouse in the past. Uh, now it seems, Stingray, like they're returning to their old roots. It seems like they're the, the same old Mississippi State uh, dominating in baseball. So, um, And lastly, Draymond Green, it was announced, will not be suspended for game or after, after game three um, for his performance kicking uh, Stephen Adams, the center for the Thunder, um, in the groin area. Let's let's kind of go with that. Um, Stephen <laughs> Adams. Uh, Stephen Adams was kind of down for a little bit on the play and was able to get up uh, and kind of kind of move around after that. But a lot of people thought he should have been suspended. Uh, we will kind of go back and forth on that and discuss that in just a little bit. And going back to the SEC tournament, uh, the tournament did start today, so it goes today through Sunday. So we will have a champion by the end of the day on Sunday. Stinger, I have to ask you, I have to ask you, we're going to talk a little bit of college baseball here, not too much, but as of right now, as we sit, who do you think, or who do you think one is going to end up there? Who do you think is going to win it? I don't know. It's a toss-up uh, between Texas A&M, Florida, 
South Carolina or Mississippi State. They're all really good teams. They're super. The top, really, the top seven uh, of the SEC really are fantastic. I mean, nationally ranked. Uh, and so we will see how they're going to do. And let's not forget Vanderbilt, too. Vanderbilt's great. Do you think Ole Miss has a shot to get there? I don't. I really, really don't, know. They've got some talent on their team, but the SEC is jam-packed full of talent this year. Yes. That is for sure. That They're becoming the, uh, it's just like football, dominating in baseball and football. Too bad we can't dominate in basketball. That's true. That's true. And Mississippi State is an, is one of the, or is supposed to be, uh, kind of projected to be the number number one nationally ranked seed. Um, Mississippi State could be one of the only teams, actually the only team in the past two years, to be number one in football and in baseball. Yes. What do you think that has to do uh, with the program? How does that look for them? Uh, it looks really well. I mean, you know, the, the program has really grown over the past five to ten years, both football and baseball. But the key here is they have to win actually a national title now because they've got everything going their way. I mean, how many more chances are they going to get to go to Omaha and win it all? That's true. Well, it's funny, with, with the head coach, John Conan, it kind of looks like they might go to Omaha a few more times, but you just don't know if they can win it. This right. could be their year of, hey, man, let's do it this year. Because they, they, they went in 2013, but they came up short. Yeah, came up short. Uh, I believe it was UCLA. Either them or North Carolina. It was, I'll tell you, it was UCLA, they, and they lost. Uh, I think it was a best of two, maybe series, something like that, yes. and they got bounced out. Um, but hey, you know they were there in in the finals. You know that was a great team. This team uh, could, could be even better. Could be better. Um, going in, kind of flowing straight into our discussion time um, on Sunday night during the Thunder's uh, let's just I don't know what you call it, a wrecking ball, Miley Cyrus wrecking ball of a game where they just absolutely destroyed the Warriors of all teams. Uh, obviously, Draymond Green on, goes up on a shot uh, and kicks Stephen Adams in the groin. Uh, he missed the shot for all it's worth. And uh, <laughs> what do you think, uh, you know, that they ruled to not suspend Draymond. Um, what is your opinion on this? Should they, and, and uh, let me ask this question too. How many games, if more than one, should they have suspended for? I think more than one, possibly, just looking at it. But, you know, there was a similar situation over in the Cavs-Raptors game. So maybe Draymond uh, Green was going, uh, anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> You never, you never want to speculate, but who knows? Yeah, and it, what's what's funny is he's not suspended for the game. Um, I believe he said he was fined twenty five thousand dollars, which he's you know, he this guy just signed a max contract. He's right. fine. Um, you know, I just don't understand. Uh, it seems like Jones got a harsher, uh, harsher punishment than Draymond Green. I guess punches are worth more than kicks. Now. <laughs> I guess so, and obviously Draymond is so much more important to. His warrior team than, than uh, Dante Jones is to the Cavs. Um, I personally think I think a fine is right. Maybe a little increase the fine a little bit more. Right. Uh, I don't think it's really worthy of a full suspension. Here's my question. You know, in college football, sometimes they they suspend. Uh, don't they suspend sometimes? Someone's suspended for a quarter. Yes. Um, or something. Or half. Or half. Yeah, like a full half. Do they do that at all in uh, in Pro sports? In basketball? No. Okay. No. Okay. Because, you know, if so, okay, maybe suspend them for a half. And right. they could be in trouble if they don't. And then say, you're suspended for the second half. Yeah. yeah and they're like, oh. oh. That'd be very bad. Yeah. <laughs> you choose the half. Yeah, they choose first every time. But uh, I don't think he should have been suspended for it. Uh, I, I think it, it's very 
It's very shaky because it looks accidental. I don't know why he did a little ballet kick after he shot it, but it just doesn't seem like something that'd be smart to do in the first place. I agree completely, and my uh, level of respect has gone down for Draymond Green and the Warriors because of that, because I do not condone um, nasty play, and especially um, flagrant fouls like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what's funny is it really looked – it really looked like those Warriors didn't even want to come back in the game. They they were on the bench. They were kind of moping around. I mean, look, they still scored 105 points, um, made it a little closer. But it seemed like as soon as this Warrior team was kicked, they were down completely. And that might just be because they're a younger team. I don't right. know. Um, and so we'll kind of see how that series plays out. It's kind of like, you know, they're, they're playing like sore losers, like, oh, nobody can beat us. And they won, what, like 73 games? 73 games. In the regular like season. And then now everybody's beating up on them, and they're like, oh, poor pitiful me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of looks like that. I mean, it just looks like, I mean, even after game one, you can kind of look like and say that, you know, Steph Curry is, um, you know, just out of it. Yeah. Now, a lot of people think that this is, and I, and I agree with this, in the NBA, there's seven-game series. This is just one game. Uh, next game, they could come out and shoot the lights out. All right? Which they did in game two. Right, true. They came out. And so game four, that's probably what's going to happen again. The Warriors will probably come back and, and win it. Who knows? But I would say that this series is far from over. If you're a Thunder fan, I wouldn't go bragging whatsoever because Steph Curry and Clay Thompson can hit a shot in your face any time they so desire, it seems like. And hopefully this will humble both of them because – because Curry's gotten to where he's just arrogant about it, you know? Yeah, which is very odd. Uh, you know, and, and someone was talking about this the other day, that it seems like the Warriors are kind of very arrogant and yeah, cocky and everything, and it seems like everyone's starting to, to get it now. Like, man, these guys are not as and maybe as kind as we thought they were and young guys. And I guess young guys do get cocky. But do also remember this. It seems like almost every, at least just for NBA, Seems like every great Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, um, Magic Johnson, um, and then Steph Curry—they've all got a little bit of cockiness to them. I think Magic's yes. probably the most humble, but out of all those greats, if you just talk about Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, um, and so, you have to say uh, Charles Barkley is the worst, though. <laughs> and, and Charles Barkley sometimes those guys get arrogant because yes. no one else on the entire planet is as good as at, at what those guys do. Think of it. You know, Stephen, if, if someone was the very best, or if you were the very best at something in the entire world and you knew it, I don't know, man. I might get a little bit of a, hey, all right. Um, I, might get, yes. I might get a little bit chibi myself. I don't know. Um, but it seems like that's kind of what's happening to this Warriors team. And now Draymond Green having the worst playoff game of his career um, on Sunday night. We'll see where they go from here. But they are just going to have, I mean, have to figure something out. Absolutely. And let's go over to the Eastern Conference now. Absolutely. Over in the East, the Cavaliers and the Raptors are kind of going, kind of a little bit of back and forth game. Um, it seems like LeBron James, and it really seems like the Cavaliers, are really just playing, um, playing really the best they have played. Uh, I mean, they are shooting the ball, kind of like we talked about last week. They are shooting the ball better than they ever have. Uh, and, and as far as, like, the season goes, they're shooting better than the Warriors at this given time. Um, they are healthy, which is really great. That's what slowed them down last year. Um, and so, we'll, you know, we'll see. Ultimately, Stephen, 
at this point in the playoffs, who do you have meeting in the finals? Thunder Cavs. Thunder Cavs. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you called this, did you not? Didn't you say Thunder were going to win, or was that was I imagining somehow? <laughs> I, no, I called the Warriors. I called said it was going to be Warriors, but now that I, I look at this, it's just kind of like, yeah, they've kind of lost their touch. Mm. They could be. Could mar- uh, it could very well happen. Um, it could be that uh, the the Warriors have completely lost uh, their, their kind of handle on things. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see as things go along, but I am really excited. I think it's still going to be a Warriors-Cavs matchup. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Because right. What and what ultimate redemption would it be if if the uh, if the Cavaliers were able to face the Warriors mm-hmm. back back to back years? Everybody's healthy. Make I hope everybody's healthy. I hope Draymond's not suspended. I hope everybody's a hundred percent. And then let the Cavs beat them. Yes. Then LeBron. I mean, imagine that moment for LeBron James. You've come back home after all these years. You uh, you take them to the finals again. Your sixth finals in a row. Yes. Unbelievable. And then you beat. The Warriors. Um, what do you think ultimately will happen, Stephen? Do you think Steph Curry? This is a little bit. This is not necessarily our what's more likely game, but this is just a question I have. Okay. Do you think LeBron James, ultimately with this team he has right now, the best talent he's had around him? Do you think that this team and LeBron James will win more championships than Steph Curry when both careers are over? What do you, who do you think will win more? Steph Curry, because he's a better player, I think. Overall, I think he's a better yes. player than what Brunners mm-hmm. overall. Hmm. Just uh, from the three ball. I mean, just look at the three, you know, the, the mm-hmm. three-point shooting. Well, yeah, I mean, and obviously he's definitely a better shooter. You know, LeBron's not necessarily a great three-point shooter. Really and you really can't judge those two because Steph Curry's kind of just now starting out his career within his, you know, first few years. LeBron's got some age on him. Yeah, yeah, I think LeBron has five years on him. Draft, no, six years. Drafted in 03. Yep. Curry drafted in 2009. So, uh, really, they're both – Curry right now is in his prime. LeBron is exiting his prime, which right. is it's still good. It's still not like, you know, someone else's, um, someone else's exiting prime. Uh, you know, this guy has, is still an amazing player. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, I don't know. It really just depends on if players from the Warriors will leave. There's rumors about Harrison Barnes, you know, going to a different team, signing a max contract on the offseason. Um, I could definitely see that. I could see Harrison Barnes leaving the team. Uh, if you were Harrison Barnes, Stephen, and you know you're a pretty good shooter from three, um, you know you were a quality player, six eight, shooting forward. Would you leave and chase the money of a max deal? We're talking ninety million dollars, possibly more. And go to another team that might not win as many games, or would mm-hmm. you rather take less and be with the Warriors? Chase the money. Chase the money overall. Because you could be a star at some other team. You could, yeah. He could. He could go to any team. He could go to the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes. And be, you know, maybe over the next part of his career, be a playoff team. Uh, you know, who who knows where that could lead? Um, but we will certainly we'll, – we're definitely going to ask Stephen M. Smith some of these NBA questions. Absolutely. Who is, who's fantastic in the NBA front. Um, and we, so we're really excited to get to him. Um, but, yeah, all right, so we're going to take a quick break. Uh, whenever we come back, we are going to be talking to Stephen M. Smith about the NBA playoffs and play a little more game, a little game we like to call What's More Likely. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Stingray and Tuck Show. 
Hey guys, this is Stingray, host of the Stingray and Tuck Show here to tell you about Oz Music in Tuscaloosa. They have new and used CDs, DVDs, LPs, posters, and quick special orders with a 10% discount. You can contact Oz Music at 758-1222. Once again, that's 758-1222. Oz Music supports your local record store. Oz Music is located in the Portview Shopping Center behind Flowers Bakery in Tuscaloosa. Check them out. Welcome back in to the Stingray and Tuck Show. I'm your co-host, Landon Tucker, alongside Stephen Stingray Ray. Uh, and we are about to get into some NBA talk. Are you ready, Stingray? Absolutely. Let's do it. Now, of course, our NBA correspondent, Matt Tynan, could not join us this week. And so that's why we're covering the NBA uh, stuff this, this week. Absolutely, and even though you and I are two gentlemen from the state of Alabama, uh, and he is a ESPN writer um, for the Spurs, does not mean we're not qualified. That's so let's, true. Uh, let's do it. All right. Even though there's no uh, big time uh, NBA uh, team here in the state of Alabama, we can still do it. That's right. All right, Stephen, you want to get us started? Absolutely. All right, Landon. The Thunder demolished the Warriors in game. Three, they have game four at home, which is in OKC. Landon, will the Thunder make it back to their second NBA Finals? Uh, I am going to give a resounding uh, no, unfortunately not. And here's the thing, I like the Thunder more than the Warriors, but the Warriors seem like they've been on a mission this entire season, and even though they looked, let's just be real, they looked downright terrible Sunday night. I'm really going to go on on a limb, and I'm going to say, like, I can't bet against Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. I can't do it. I wish I could. I can't. So I think the Warriors are still going to end up winning. I, I think it's the Thunder. I think they get it done again. And I think this is, you know, this was one of the best seasons ever for the Spurs out. Best record ever in the NBA history for the Warriors. They're going to be out. Yeah, it is going to be interesting, no doubt about it. All right, the next question is, if the Thunder win this game and reach the finals, does Durant stay in OKC even if it's for one year? I'm going to say yes uh, to this, and here's why. LeBron James, uh, if you remember correctly, uh, a few years ago opted out of a long-term deal, got a one-year deal so he could kind of test the waters or see what he wanted to do. Russell Westbrook, don't forget, is a, is a free agent next year. What I think is going to happen, I think, I think Kevin Durant's going to sign with OKC for one more year. Then he's going to see what Russell Westbrook's going to do. Uh, and then they're going to maybe both go to the same place. Maybe they go their separate ways. But he's going to see what Russell Westbrook does. I mean, really, that, that, these guys are in their prime. They've got to figure out what they're going to do. So uh, that's where I would go along with it. Where I completely you? agree. I think, I think Durant's going to ride his – Coattail, like you said, and just kind of say where he's going to go and end up and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, it, it should be interesting. All right. Will Jimmy Butler go to another team this offseason, Landon? So Jimmy Butler, obviously, most improved player of the 2014-2015 season. This past year averaged over 20, got injured, was phenomenal. Definitely is the star in the, in the the for the Chicago Bulls. Not Derrick Rose anymore. Gasol is fading. It is Jimmy Butler completely. But Jimmy Butler is probably getting tired of playing for a team where everyone is in a wheelchair at the end of the season. I'm serious. Like everybody 
is injured at all times. At one part of the season, Derrick Rose was injured, Paul Gasol was injured, Joe King Noah was injured, Taj Gibson had some issues. I mean, they literally were losing everybody left and right. So I think that I think that Jimmy Butler is like, look, this is about to probably be his best year coming up. The next next four to five years are his prime NBA playing time. If I'm him, I have no one else who's a star playing beside me. I'm going somewhere else. I'm going to try to see. Now, he just signed a long-term deal. I think he's going to ask and see if the Chicago Bulls will move him. Because remember, he thought Derrick Rose was going to be his old self. Derrick Rose was not. And so he had sparks of, of good nights. Overall, though, I think Jimmy Butler is going to leave. Steven, let me ask you this question. If you were a star in the NBA, if you were Jimmy Butler, if you were a star, would you leave the Chicago Bulls to go play at one of the teams he's, he is supposed to be rumored to go to is Boston? Would you leave the Chicago Bulls and go to a promising young Boston team with Isaiah Thomas? I absolutely would because with Boston, you've got the you know the history there of you know the the big uh, I think it was the big three yeah. there a long time ago, and you've got history on your side plus one of the greatest fan bases in uh, college. Uh, I mean, I should say NBA. So yes, I would definitely go to the Celtics uh, now if it was somebody else like the Timberwolves or the. Uh, I don't know the the Hornets. Then no, but I mean, if you go to if you go to Boston, heck yeah, man, yeah. I absolutely would. Absolutely, I, I think I think he is. He would make the best decision if he was able to get traded there. All right, Stephen. Um, you know, kind of kind of going on. Uh, if the Thunder go to the finals and play the Cavs, are the finals less interesting since it's not the Warriors Cavs? Uh, no, I disagree. I, I think it's going to be. Really interesting if it's if it is uh, the Thunder and Cavs just simply because you have the storyline of can LeBron win his first one for Cleveland versus can Durant win his first one for OKC? Mm. So that kind of scenario makes it now. On the other hand, if it's I don't know Thunder Raptors. Down horrible, or if it's Warriors Raptors horrible, but if it's the Cavs Warriors or Cavs Thunder, absolutely, it's going to be awesome either way. Oh yeah, absolutely. It seems like as long as the Raptors aren't in aren't in the aren't in the finals, as long as the Cavs are in the finals, it's going to be a good series. Yes, um, absolutely. And so with the Raptors and the Cavaliers game last night. Who do you think – I mean, do the Raptors have an actual chance of winning the series now? Are you kidding me, Landon? Absolutely the Raptors have a chance to win the series after taking game four last night, 105-99. And um, the game started out really, really slow for the Cavaliers, and they were down at 18 at one point. Now they fought back to make it interesting, but in the end – the um, Raptors won it 105-99, and here's what LeBron James had to say about the game last night. Uh, it, was no, it wasn't enough because we got off to a horrible first half once again in this building, and uh, you know, you're playing catch-up the whole game, so every defensive possession feels even more intensified uh, when you've given up so many um, you know, points in the first half. You know, I think they've averaged 58 or something like that in the first half here. Um, and, and in the high 30s in the second half. So, you know, uh, it gets a little bit more intensified, but it just goes back to the first half. We're not starting off games the right way. Uh, the second quarter has been uh, really bad for us here. 
So we got to do a better job of that where we can't big ourse uh, dig ourselves such a big hole. And now, you know, every possession feels even more intensified, you know, late in the game. Right, we got to be uh, more well balanced. Um, you know, we started the game, we had some great looks, you know, but, you know, when they're not going, you got to be able to try to switch it up and get into the pain and see what you can do. And, uh, you know, I was able to get into a pain a little bit, uh, you know, Kyrie as well, but uh, we just haven't shot the ball from the, you know, from the three-point line. It's part of what they're doing as well, but it's part of us being a little bit more conscious about, okay, if it's not going down, then we got to get into the pain a little bit more and then kick out for threes as well. And early on there, LeBron James mentioned the pitiful and slow second quarter as the Raptors outscored them 30-17 to in the second quarter. And here's what LeBron James said happened in the second quarter for them to be down by so much at the half because at the half, they were down 57-41. Here's what James had to say. I don't know. I got to I gotta watch the film um, just to see the mistakes that we made. Um, but they put it on as good in the second quarter, obviously 30-17. to 17, And uh, uh, I think, you know, Kyle, you know, hit some huge shots in that, in that, in that second quarter. Uh, DeRozan hit some big shots as well. So I got to go over the film. But, you know, obviously 30-17 is... It's not a good ingredient for uh, you know a good uh, a win. Now I mentioned earlier that the Cavaliers were down 18 at one point, but then they came all the way back and even took the lead at one point in the second half. But in the end, it wasn't enough uh, to get them the win in Toronto. And here's what LeBron James had to say about the comeback that fell just a little bit short. Well, I think defensively, while we made that run, we played some really good defense. Um, I think we had a couple breakdowns that I know in my head that happened throughout that run. Uh, but they also made some tough shots. Uh, they made some tough shots while we were making that run. Uh, Corey Joseph made a, a tough runner over top of me going right. Um, you know, I think Kyle made a, a couple tough ones. Uh, DeMar made a couple pull-ups as well. Um, you know, so we, we followed our game plan as much as we, you know, 95% of the time, uh, I can remember two plays that I'm not going to say right now that I wish we had back. But while we made our run, our defense, you know, stepped up. And, uh, you know, that was good to see. And, of course, we want to thank Cavs.com for allowing us to pull this audio for you guys on the Stingray and Tuck Show. And now let's talk about the winning team, the Raptors, as Kyle Lowry and DeRozan both had 35 and 32 points, respectively. Now, they uh, really needed to win this game last night. They even the series at 2-2, two and two, and now it goes back to Cleveland tomorrow night for a very crucial Game 5 as the series, like I said, is tied 2-2, two to two, and now we go to Cleveland. Now let's go to the other finals game, and that is over in the Western Conference as Sunday night. The Oklahoma City Thunder absolutely stunned the Warriors 133-105 in Oklahoma City. And like we've talked about before, Draymond Green was uh, was charged with a flagrant one for a kick to the groin of uh, Stephen Adams. Here is what Draymond Green had to say in defense of his actions. No, um, I thought it would probably get rescinded. Um, I follow through on a shot, like I try and kick somebody in the men's section. I'm sure he want to have kids one day. I'm not trying to end that on the basketball court. That don't make sense, you know. So 
I brought the ball over the top this way. He fouled me. My leg went up. I mean, I can't. I don't think I know my court not strong enough to stop my leg halfway from wherever it was going. Like, I didn't honestly. I didn't know I hit him. I walked to the three-point line and shook, you know, clapped everybody's hand. I turned around. He's on the floor. Oh boy, I'm like, what happened? You know, and then. I'm standing at the three-point line. I look at Boga, and he looked at the replay, and he was like, what? So then I went and looked at the replay like, uh-oh. I didn't. No, but like I said, I thought it would get rescinded because I didn't, like, not trying to kick him. I was following through on the shot. My leg went up. So, no, I don't think I'll get suspended because it's, I don't know how anyone could possibly say, you know, I did that on purpose. Well, now, of course, Draymond, it is your second offense here in two games. So, uh, now, that on the other side of the coin, uh, Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder have a different side. Here's what Westbrook had to say after the game. Um, I haven't seen it, but I, honestly, I think it's intentional. I think that's two times in the last two games. Um, you know, I don't think you can't, can't keep kicking somebody and, you know, in their private areas. Um, but, you know, he probably said he didn't do it on purpose, but I think um, the way I look at it, it looks intentional to me. And, of course, that's going to bring some fire when we talk about game four tonight back in Oklahoma City. And you know the um, crowd is going to be against Draymond Green, especially after him not being suspended for this game or any uh, repercussions that we know of for his actions and uh, looking at the game I mean you know let's be honest uh, the Warriors were just lightluster the entire game and here's what Stephen Curry had to say about the game as a whole we just weren't uh, as tied in as a, as a complete unit I mean that game plan like you said has been effective and you know Robertson hit I think two threes in the first half, um, but that didn't kill us. It, it was more just um, you know, our offense didn't allow our defense to get set. We took a lot of quick shots that didn't go in, and 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 gave them you know that advantage in transition. Um, and we just didn't handle their you know their runs very well because of that. So we we, we got to look at the film obviously and figure out you know why we weren't. Um, you know, very good on, on the defensive end when it comes to rotations and things like that, but it's always next game. After the Draymond Green flagrant one, that really seemed to wake up the Thunder, and at one point after that, the Warriors were down by 20 points before the half. They were absolutely demolished. And here's what Steph Curry had to say about, you know, Oklahoma City making that run after the foul and did the Warriors sense anything out of that. I mean, not really. It was a long delay with the review and all that, but then they just got to the free throw line a lot down the stretch of the second quarter. We missed a lot of shots, and next thing you know, it's a 20-point game. So frustrating way to end the quarter. That's something that we pride ourselves on is how we finish quarters and create momentum going into either halftime or the next quarter. So. We didn't accomplish that, especially on the road. That's something that you have to take care of. So it has to be a point of emphasis in uh, game four. And then, of course, Steph Curry was asked about the uh, Draymond Green flagrant foul. 
and what his thoughts were on it, and he basically just said, I, I didn't see it. I mean, come on, man. Really, here's what he had to say uh, in the follow-up. I mean, I hope not. I didn't see it during the game uh, in live action. Does it look like he got fouled and was trying to show the ref he got fouled? Maybe try to finish the you know the shot and inadvertently got him. Um, I was kind of shocked when I they went to go review because I didn't know what happened. But um, there was no intent watching the replay. I think that's clear. So um, obviously it's unfortunate he got kicked, but it was a, a normal reaction to a to a foul and to a play and. Hopefully they, they see that when it, when it comes to whatever. Now, if it happens for a third time tonight, that will definitely mean that it was intentional, and hopefully the NBA will step forward and, and do something about it. But hopefully, let's cross our fingers that that will not happen again, and hopefully Draymond Green will not um, go to those actions because, I mean, it's just on call for it. I mean, if, you, if you're not playing your best, that night why try to hurt somebody to try to get the upper hand i just don't understand that but anyway we want to thank uh warriors.com and thunder.com or i should say okcthunder.com for allowing us to pull this audio uh for us and like i said one more time the thunder Warriors series starts uh tonight and then of course the Cavs raptors is tomorrow night so great uh action for uh the next two days in the NBA. All right, well, on that note, we are going to take a very short break, and when we come back, we're going to have our uh, SEC correspondent, Stephen M. Smith, come in, and he's also uh, well-versed on the NBA, and we're going to ask him a couple of NBA questions. So we are going to continue with our NBA discussion, and then we are going to get into uh, the game that we played last week of uh, what's more likely, and Stephen M. Smith will be staying around for that as well. So make sure you uh, stay tuned right here on the Stingray and Tuck Show.com and uh, we'll be right back. This is Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And when I'm not watching football, look at the newspaper or drinking some coffee, I'm listening to the Stingray and Tuck Show only on Stingray and Tuck Show.com. Welcome in to the Stingray and Tuck Show. I'm your co host, Landon Tucker. Alongside my other co-host, Stephen Stingray Ray, and we have, as always, our correspondent, Stephen M. Smith, and his expertise in the NBA, as well as college and professional football. Stephen, how you doing? Doing fantastic. Couldn't be better. It's summer vacation, and I'm here on Tuesday on the Stingray and Tuck Show. I mean, what can beat that? Absolutely, and we want to, first off, I'm going to get your thoughts about the uh, Cam Robinson's situation, that's pretty close to home for you, being with Alabama. Well, as we know, on last week, last Tuesday to be exact, that Cam Robinson and Lawrence Hootie Jones, two natives of Monroe, Louisiana, were arrested and charged with weapons possession and drug possession. Uh, according to the legal terms in the Ouachita Parish District, the two will be in Monroe, Louisiana, for a court hearing on June 16th at 1.30 p.m. Central Time. During that time period, both guys will be read their 
Well, what they'll be, they'll be read their rights. They'll be read the charges brought against them. Of course, both guys, the lawyer present, can enter a guilty or not guilty plea. But Saban will not make his decision where football is concerned until all the legal fees are done with. The good news for both Hootie Jones and Cam Robinson, this is their first big-time offense. So they, they could be looking at either having both charges dropped or, at the worst, they both plead down to misdemeanors. And what do you think should happen? I honestly believe that for the legal system, they may be played down the misdemeanors, but knowing Saban, he's going to try to work something out of it to where it's community service involved, have both Cam and Hootie talk with different schools, impact the lives of children, letting them know, hey, I made a mistake, shouldn't have done it, but I'm able to work something positive out of the situation. Now, on the field, there could be possibly a two-game suspension, but if they're able to do this community service, who knows, Cam Robinson can possibly play week one of the season knowing that this is your face of the offensive line, especially with Ryan Kelly now in the NFL. Right. Do you think there is so there you think there's absolutely no shot either either of the players, you know, Cam Robinson or Hootie Jones, you think there's no shot either of them is kicked, or kicked off the team? A- absolutely not. Nick Saban very much so understanding of not just the legal issues, but also his players as a whole. You look at Cam Robinson, Saban has done nothing more but relish praise or ravish praise on this young man. Remember Cam, a freshman All-American two years ago in 2015, an All-SEC player last year, a young man that's given up six and a half sacks and 1,700 snaps. This is a guy yeah. that can protect the quarterback, a guy that's very integral in setting up the run game, and you do not want to lose that because if you dismiss that, now you're looking at possibly having Rosh Pierschbacker, mm-hmm. no shade to him, a sophomore, but a freshman last year, still very young, lead a team that he's not yet ready to lead just yet, despite him making the transition over to center. So Cam Robinson very much so needed. As I mentioned, either both cases get dropped because first-time offenders, both guys, or at the worst, pled down to misdemeanors for both and a community service activities brought into it. Okay. Absolutely. So that's our inside scoop uh, at the University of Alabama, Stephen M. Smith. Now, Stephen, uh, obviously we talked about you know your NBA as well. Now you do your research there. Um, with these playoffs that have already been interesting, uh, I mean, the Thunder Warriors, Warriors series is getting better and better almost per game, as for, just as far as even the storyline goes. Um, you know, the Thunder demolished the Warriors in Game 3. Um, Oklahoma City has Game 4 at home. Now that we see how the, how the Thunder did against the Warriors – are the Thunder going to win this series? I, I think they will. It's a lot of pressure right now on Golden State. And people tend to forget Kevin Durant was the NBA MVP a couple of years ago. Here's a guy from Texas, tremendous size, 6'6", six, six, with big arms. So make that a seven-foot wingspan. Can shoot the ball from anywhere on the court. A knockdown mid-range game. A superb three-point shooter. Can come off pick and pop, curl and roll, screen and roll, wherever adjective you want to throw in there and just knock down shots. He's also a very underrated defender. Russell Westbrook, the guy has a killer mentality. He loves that that 12 to 16-foot jump shot near the foul line pulling up, but is one of the best guys in creating off a dribble, can run the floor in transition. And the Thunder, when they're getting stops, when they're getting back in transition and score the basketball, they're a team you just cannot stop. Golden State has a lot of pressure on them. If they cannot take game four, the Thunder get the series. Speaking of that series, how do you think the game goes tonight between the Warriors and Thunder? Do you think that the Warriors make it interesting, or 
How's it go? I think the Warriors make it interesting. Draymond Green is a huge storyline here. If he's able to play, we know the energy that he brings. Young man coming from Michigan State, the passion that he brings. A guy that's very diverse, can run the floor as a point guard, plays great defense, can attack the basket. This we know. If he's able to play, he's going to come out with energy. We know Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson are going to come out with energy. But because Golden State at home, at that Chesapeake Energy Arena, that's loud, that's rambunctious, Russell Westbrook feeds off of that. Well, that and his multicolored shoes. Yes. So Russell Westbrook feeding off the energy of the crowd, feeding off his own style, and Kevin Durant, the slim reaper who comes to play in big games. And also watch Serge Ibaka this week. This could be a game for him to pick up 15 points and a couple of block shots. Mm-hmm. I think the Thunder edged this out by five. Okay. Um, now, you know, if the Thunder win, you know, win on, you know, win tonight. And they reach the finals. Win or lose, if Durant and Westbrook get to the finals again, does this make Durant stay in Oklahoma City, even if it's just for even if it sounds a one-year deal and decides to go free agency whenever Russell Westbrook does next year? What do you think is going to happen as far as Durant staying or leaving if they at least reach the finals? If they at least reach the finals, Durant stays. He, he, here's a guy that remember when LeBron came, LeBron. Durant, Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Stephen Curry, when all these guys came in, I can even throw Damian Lillard in there too. Kevin Durant was one of those guys that was much-watched TV, that was must-watch NBA basketball. With the rise of Curry, the consistency of LeBron, Anthony Davis becoming a more transcendent player, a lot of people have started to sleep on Kevin Durant to say, is he even the better player on his own team? Because you see what Russell Westbrook does. But Kevin Durant is a guy, as I mentioned, has a full game, has a mid-range shot, has a three-point game, can dunk the ball, can attack the basket, does play good defense, and this is a series for him to really kind of say, I'm in this league too. I belong in this game too. Don't forget, I came to the NBA as one of the more dominant players in the league. He gets to the NBA Finals. I think he stays. Durant and the Thunder find a way to win the NBA Finals. Then you're talking about reconstructing this brother's contract. Absolutely. And if the Thunder go on to the Finals and play the Cavs, are the Finals any less interesting because the Warriors aren't in it? You kidding me, Stingray? You kidding me? (laughs) It makes it even more interesting. You look at Kevin Durant wants a ring. Kevin Durant sees Carmelo Anthony that that does not have a ring, probably may not get one. Kevin Durant wants an NBA Finals ring. He wants to prove he is one of the better players in the NBA right now. He's an MVP. He's done that. He's a scoring champion. He's done that. What does he lack? An NBA title. He gets that ring. He's good. I I feel like with the series being Cavs, Thunder, you got excitement. You got two of the best players in the game. You got two of the best wingmen in the game, Kyrie Irving, Cavaliers, Russell Westbrook, Thunder. If a Thunder get in, it makes it even more interesting because Kevin Durant becomes more hungry. Okay. All right. And finally, with the NBA, will Jimmy Butler go to another team this offseason? That is a very interesting question. The Chicago Bulls are a team that you thought Derrick Rose was the guy. Mm-hmm. And aside from the 2011 MVP run, has not panned out that way. He's broken his nose, broken his face, broken his back. He's probably got two root canals missing, give or take. So 
Jimmy Butler has become more so of the guy for Chicago. He's going to want more money in his contract. He's mm-hmm. a guy that's gone from scoring 13 points a game to being a 20-point-per-game guy. He knows what he's capable of. And I think determining on how much his agency's in the contract, mm-hmm. how much the coaching staff and the organization wants to pay him, will determine that. There are a lot of free agents this offseason. We, we look at Al Horford, mm-hmm. guys like Dwight Howard, Will Jimmy Butler test that determines upon what the numbers look like in his contract this offseason. And absolutely, we will take a short break. Whenever we come back, we still have Stephen M. Smith. We're going to hold him hostage and play what's more likely. All that and more to come on the Stingray and Tuck Show. Hey, MSU fans and alumni. This is Landon Tucker from the Stingray and Tuck Show. Look, Cowbell Clothing has awesome cowbell embroidered polos and t-shirts. They also have caps and unique cowbell logo items such as belts, bags. They even have pet accessories. All you have to do is go to cowbellclothing.com and get yours today. Welcome back into the Stingray and Tuck Show. I'm your co-host, Landon Tucker, along with Stephen Stingray Ray. Um, and we are about to play What's More Likely with our correspondent, Stephen M. Smith. You guys ready to get it going? Absolutely. Oh, man, let's do this. All right. Stephen Stingray, what's more likely? Cam Robinson being kicked off of the Alabama Crimson Tide or Alabama reaching the college football playoff for the second, or pardon me, third year in a row? Stephen, go ahead. Alabama reaching the chan- uh, the playoffs for third year in a row. I just don't think he's going to be kicked off. Okay. Can I take the second one for 500, Alex? <laughs> Alabama reaching the college football playoff for the third year in a row. I think Cam Robinson will continue with Alabama, and this is a team that continues to stockpile talent under Nick Saban. So we'll see what happens this year. Okay. Um, I have a question, guys. Stingray and Steven, what's more likely? Ole Miss beating Alabama for the third straight year or Ole Miss receiving punishment for Tunsil? Stingray, go ahead. I think it's um, – I actually think it's going to be they receive punishment because I just don't see how Saban goes down three in a row to Ole Miss. Okay. I actually go with that second one. Is It's very difficult being an Ole Miss fan right now. You freeze trying to see – how can he combat what just happened? Where Thompson is concerned, and when you're playing against Alabama, understand it is on the road at Bald Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss is going to break out a true freshman in that tackle, yep. and you don't want to be a true freshman going up against Jonathan Allen and Tim Williams. That's just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> All right, guys. Now, what's more likely: the SEC winning a national title in football yet again? Or the SEC winning the national championship in baseball. Baseball, baseball's loaded in the SEC. Stephen, go ahead. I'll say baseball just simply because looking at the talent right now, and I think in football you're going to have a lot of teams that are kind of uh, sort of similar on the same playing field, and I think I kind of think they're going to knock each other out just a little bit and make it interesting as we head down towards November and December. I like that stingray, but oh, not so fast, buddy. I'm going to go with the football SEC winning another national championship. The SEC is so 
it's so com it's so complex it's diverse you got all these kids coming in they want to win yes. they want to be successful and what better place to do that than in the southeastern conference yes the big 12's great fast the pac 12's got speed the big 10 with all the prestige with the sec you want to win put some fried chicken in your system and come down and play some man football all right um stevens stingray what's more likely the Cavaliers win the finals, our Warriors repeat. Steven. I'm going to let him go first. Oh, I'm going to go with the Cavaliers win the finals. LeBron James knows that the city and the pressure of Cleveland's on his shoulders. The city of Cleveland has never had a championship since the great Jim Brown. They've been the heartbreak city for years. Of course, they had the Johnny Manziel draft pick that went horribly wrong. They've had 29 quarterbacks in their history that have never panned out for football. God bless the Cleveland Indians. They haven't done anything. So you're looking at LeBron James. He knows what's at stake. He knows if I win this, the city loves me again. We finally have an opportunity to put this horrible curse behind us. LeBron James and the Cavs win the finals. Neither. The Thunder win the finals. <laughs> Holy moly! Oh, man, giving us the old switcheroo there. <laughs> so I'm going neither. I'm going Thunder. And Durant, get it done. All right. Last one for me. Luke Walton, obviously the new head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes. Former Laker player. Um, father, obviously, Bill Walton. Uh, so... Luke Walton, what's more likely, Luke Walton reaches the playoffs with the Lakers in one of his first two seasons, or the Golden State Warriors miss the playoffs in one of the next five seasons? What's more likely? The Lakers make the playoffs. I just don't see the, the, the way that they play in the regular season and the, the, the gel, I guess you would say, for the Warriors. I, I just can't see it breaking up. I look at the Lakers, I think they will make the playoffs in one of the next two seasons. I bleed purple and gold yes. when I found this news happening. Luke Walton played under Phil Jackson, knows the triangle offense. And here's some more news. With the addition of Luke Walton, there is a chance Phil Jackson gets out of that contract in New York and comes back to L.A. to join Luke Walton. Luke Walton is the basketball son of Phil Jackson. If that happens, you have a young core there with Jordan Clarkson, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle. You put that under a Luke Walton and possibly a Phil Jackson. Imagine that. Hello! There could be a shot back in Showtown. And absolutely. And there was rumors that they could also draft Ben Simmons from LSU. God, they have Just like that. All right. Now, we're going to shift gears, and I'm going to ask... Landon and Stephen M. some questions here. And guys, what's more likely? Dak Prescott starts a regular season game for the Dallas Cowboys this season, or Malik Newman, Mississippi State's basketball player, comes back to MSU for his sophomore season. I'm going to go with Dak Prescott starts his first starts the game in the regular season for the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Romo, I believe, turns 36 or 37 this year. He's injury prone. Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, a guy that's 6'2", 6'3", toughness, heart. If they could become a little bit more of a polished passer, that's even better. But the toughness he has, the heart that he has, father time, quickly catching up with Tony Romo. I go with Dak Prescott starting the game for the Cowboys. Now, here's, here's the thing. 
with that, I think possibly next year Dak could get a start um, <clears throat> with Romo obviously getting older. Um, but I think Malik Newman, just from what I've seen from the combine and, and from the season, I think he is more likely to return rather than Tony Romo getting injured in this season. Because that's really the only way, unless Tony Romo played just terribly, uh, that's the only way I think he played. All right, guys, what's more likely? Ole Miss wins the SEC championship this year, or Dale Earnhardt Jr. wins the fall race at Talladega? We'll put it all on Dale. Dale Earnhardt wins the race in Talladega. Dale Earnhardt and that pit crew, they do a fantastic job making sure that car gets around the track, making sure his nose stays out in front and gets the job done. Uh, Ole Miss lost a lot to the NFL draft. And we're not just talking about Kim Dietschies, both Robert and Denzel. We're not just talking about Trey Elston, that defensive backfield, but also Fawn Cooper, uh, Laramie Tonson, Laquan Treadwell, Cody Core, Jalen Walton. They lost a lot to the NFL draft. And despite having Chad Kelly back, Evan Ingram back, Demoria Stringfellow back, and Markel Pack, which is a good group, you're starting a, a freshman at left tackle. You gotta find somebody that's gonna replace Kim Dietschel with defensive line. You're looking at Tony Bridges to darn near lead your secondary. That is gonna be tough for Ole Miss. Yeah, you know, I, I will tell you, I'm not necessarily a NASCAR guru, but if it means something that is a better opportunity than Ole Miss reaching or winning the SEC title, it's just not gonna happen. I, I think Chad Kelly is a fantastic quarterback and obviously the best quarterback coming back as a starting quarterback in the SEC. I think Tennessee fans would disagree with you on that. They, they could, they might. But I, I think you know, I think they're gonna have a great year. I don't think they're gonna beat Alabama again. I think they're gonna struggle with the other SEC teams that are getting better. And what you said is completely true. They lost too much talent on that team. All right, guys, what's more likely? Gus Malzahn or Kevin Sumlin get fired first? Oh, man, that, that one right there is crazy. I'm going to go, I'm going to roll the dice here. I'm going to go Kevin Sumlin. I think Sumlin gets fired first. There's too much chaos at AM when you can't keep a quarterback, when you can't stay on promises to the quarterbacks that you got to come in here. And also, when you have a recruit, decommit because something one of their coaches said to cause him to decommit. But also keep in mind when someone came to AM from Houston in 2012, people thought they were getting a blockbuster hire. They saw what he did with Case Keenum. They saw what he did with that Houston program, really brought it up. And he's only had one double-digit win year with the Aggies, 11 and two seasons in 2012 with Johnny Manziel. He won the Heisman that year. Aside from that, it's been mediocre for Texas A&M. Aside from Miles Garrett, who's a pass rush monster, right. that's probably the only bright side. Him and Christian Kirk, the receiver, that has come from A&M. If Kevin Summer doesn't get done, he's getting food. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Auburn, and, he, and the reason why is if if Auburn was, I don't know, Idaho or somewhere not in the state of Alabama, I don't think it'd be as big of a problem. But people in the state of Alabama are watching Nick Saban Alabama dominate every year and get to the playoff, uh, potentially for the third year in a row. And so they consistently look at that, and then they look at their program that is just has really struggled, let's just be real, um, over the past six years other than Cam Newton, which is just a one-year wonder. 
Um, other than that, obviously Nick Marshall was was great there for one year too. They have not been the Alabama type of program that they want. It's, it's an anomaly with Auburn, man, because they, they can either go undefeated and everything falls into place, and you're like, wow, look at Auburn. Then they can go seven and six, eight and five. You go, what happened to Auburn? So it, it's an anomaly with Auburn. They're going to have to get everything from quarterback play to finding that physical receiver. You lose Duke Williams and Stanley yes. Coates. Who's the next guy? You look at losing Peyton Barber to the NFL, which was shocking. Can Rock Thomas and Jovan Robinson come in and really do what they're supposed to do? And then on defense, Kevin Steele is your defensive coordinator, former guy from Alabama and also MSU. Can he make that defense at least a little bit better than what it was? And then also Carl Lawson. He's been tagged many yes. years as a pass rush specialist. Have not seen much from him since his freshman year. Is this the year where he shakes off the rust, avoids the injury, and really be the Carl Lawson that he was thought of to be when he came in? All right. Staying here in the SEC, what's more likely, guys? South Carolina under first-year head coach um, Will Muschamp wins seven games or Mississippi State without Dak wins nine-plus? I think it is more likely for Mississippi State and Damon to win nine-plus than Will Muschamp to win seven with South Carolina. South Carolina was probably one of the most boring watches uh, of a football team that I've seen last year. Their quarterback's not necessarily a, a for sure, you know, sort of deal. You know, there's news about Connor Mitch leaving the program, um, and so I think that with with Mississippi State, obviously they play in the toughest conference uh, in in the entire nation. Um, but if they can muster up enough wins with the already really seven projected wins they already have, if they can sneak up and beat an Ole Miss. Um, let's just go and throw Alabama out of the window because probably won't beat them. But if they could beat somebody else in the LSU, some team they're not expected to beat, and sneak and get two wins, I think that's more likely than South Carolina. He's crazy. He's absolutely outrageous. But give me the hype train. Give me Will Muschamp. He's got that hype train going down there. Remember, his first year at Florida, nobody expected Muschamp to win. And what did Muschamp do? He got to the Sugar Bowl yes. and took on Teddy Bridgewater and the Louisville Cardinals. Give me the hype train. Give me Will Muschamp. I think he gets it done. I think he gets the seven wins in year one. As much as I love Fitzgerald at Mississippi State, and I think he's going to be a, a little bit more of a polished passer than Dak, you lose Dak Prescott. This is something huge. Here's a guy that, remember, when, we, when our damn Mullen left Florida in 2008 to come to Mississippi State, that people told him, you will not find another Tim Tebow. Divine Intervention stepped in, and Dak Prescott comes dropping out of the sky. Yes. And Prescott, with Dan Bungle and Prescott, they built that program, they put that program on the map, and I think without that phase, and also Chris Jones on defense guard, did not pan out to be the type of recruit that they thought he would be, but still a big name nonetheless. I think the loss of those two, and try to figure out some pieces that replace those guys, and also Durandia Wilson, Yes. It's going to be difficult for State. Give me the hype train. Give me one much champ. All right. You've already said the SEC is going to win the national championship. So I want, and you can chime in on this too, but I want your Landon, what's more likely? The SEC wins another national championship or the SEC gets left completely out altogether. 
Oh yeah, man, that's that. that can, that's a pretty easy one. I'm going. The SEC is uh, is going to win another national championship. They're, okay. They have so much talent to not reach the final four would just be a crazy situation. However, I will say they're also like I said, there's so much talent they might knock themselves out. Who knows? Uh, with the with that SEC championship game, they're present. Um, but there is just so much talent overall, top to bottom. The SEC is going to win another national title and go and bank it. That's going to be. University of Alabama. I honestly think that with that question, I'm going with the SEC wins another national championship. But kind of piggyback off of Anthem here, it comes down to those those middle tier, the lower tier teams yes. in the SEC. It comes down to the Missouris, the Vanderbilts, the Kentuckys. How tough are they this year? Mark yep. Stoops has always brought in these top 25 recruiting classes. He's on the hot seat. Drew Barker, more than likely, is going to be the quarterback this season. Patrick Toll's out. How much can Drew uh, can Drew come up to the learning curve and get that thing, get that job, and get that goal situated for Vanderbilt? I keep harping on Derek Mason, that defense last year, greatly improved. If he can find his hands on a quarterback, Vanderbilt has a huge opportunity. And then Mizzou, no more Gary Pinkle, but Barry Odom's the building. Mm-hmm. How much does his zeal, his energy infiltrate that team and what can they get done? So, to me, if the middle tier teams really challenge the upper tier, it can be very interesting in the SEC. Alright. And finally, guys, what's more likely? Who plays first? Cam Robinson or Jeffrey Simmons? Oh, that is a great, great question. I am going to go I'm going to go with Cam Robinson. Here's why. Jeffrey Simmons, the way it's looked at this point, I don't think Mullen is going to kick him off. I don't think Mullen is going to spin him for the whole season. I could be wrong. They might suspend him for a game or two. Um, They might bury him on the depth chart. I'm I'm going to go with Cam Robinson. It does not look like much is going to happen there as people initially thought. Uh, I guess many many initial people kind of judged to say, hey, this is going to happen. Uh, So I'm going to say Cam Robinson plays first of the two. I believe Cam Robinson plays first as well. Um, guy that's never had anything criminally on his record up to this point. Very model student, uh, model athlete. Nick Saban has stated that he will handle the situation internally, but knowing that it's going to probably be sit him down, address how hey, you can't be doing this, get back, refocus, get back to what we're trying to do here, which is play football and play winning football. So I'm looking at Saban possibly making this a community service uh, endeavor and really getting Cam Robinson not just to learn from it himself, but also impact other lives of children. So I'm looking at Cam Robinson playing person too. All right. Well, that is going to do it for the latest edition of the Stingray and Tuck Show. Make sure you keep up with the Stingray and Tuck Show on our Twitter page at Stingray Tuck. Make sure you also check out StingrayandTuckShow.com for the latest articles in all of the SEC land and surrounding sports. Uh, Also, make sure you check out our Facebook page, Facebook.com. Search for the Stingray and Tuck Show. That'll do it for the show. I'm Landon Tucker. And I'm Stingray. And don't forget tonight, game four of the Thunders Warriors game. So make sure you tune in and we'll talk about all the NBA action next week. See you guys. Hey guys, this is Stingray, host of the Stingray and Tuck Show. Are you tired of Facebook groups with members that constantly attack you about sports? Leave them and come join us at Sports Talk 365, where there will be no attacking. There will be no trolling. There will be no post about racism, politics, 
or even religion. Just straight sports talk. So if you're interested, come on and join us. You must be 18 or older to join.